Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. What's up, golf addicts? David Barnett here with the Tour Junkies. Thank you for downloading our podcast for this week, which we're going to cover the Tour Championship at Eastlake, the final event for this PGA Tour season. But boy, do we cover a lot of other random stuff, including translating Korean golfers' Instagram captions, um, the horrible things that I drew in my yearbook as a kindergartner and first grader, talking to a 13-year-old through the girls' conversation and like the puberty conversation. We hit into that. It's just an all-around grab bag show for the night. And of course, we're going to give you the stats, the course data, the picks, the players that we like and don't like for the Tour Championship. Uh, It's just a good time. So thanks again for downloading the show and subscribing. We will continue to have podcasts throughout this little break that we get in the PGA Tour season, including we're going to line up some great interviews for you guys. So keep it locked right here on the Tour Junkies podcast. We greatly appreciate your support this season. It has meant a lot. And shout out to Swing Caddy for sponsoring this episode. If you guys don't have a Swing Caddy, you need to check it out. I just did a great video with one of those things uh, this past weekend. We can get you a promo code. It, ta- it takes the Swing Caddy price from $350 to $290 retail. You can get it on our website. Go to tourjunkies.com. Click the link at the top. Put in Tour Junkies, all one word, all lowercase, in the promo box when you check out and you're good to go. So thanks again, guys. Enjoy the podcast and may your screens be green. What's up, golf addicts? The Tour Junkies podcast, the last podcast for this PGA Tour season. We're here for the Tour Championship at Eastlake, right down the street here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm David Barnett, your host. I got Pat Perry on with me. What's up, PP? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, ready to talk Tour Championship. Like you said, right down the street. In a in a ATL, the ATL, ATL, shouty, home of you know Ludacris and Pastor Troy. You remember Pastor Troy? You know who mm. Pastor Troy is? No. <laughs> we ready? We ready? Uh, we ready? Remember that rap song, Pastor Troy and them down south Georgia boys? Remember that? Uh, yeah, I think I don't remember that one. Anyway, um. Yeah, so the final leg, Tour Championship, 30 players remain. 
We had Mark Leishman wire to wire at the BMW this past week in Chicago. We had a pretty good week. I mean, you know, for a no-cut event and 70 got 69 players in the field, we had five guys in the top 10, including Mark Leishman, who we both said, he's chalk, but you need to eat it. And then we had 10 in the top 20. So, uh, and, and none of them missed the cut, Pat. We had zero missed cuts, which is phenomenal. Oh, that is phenomenal. Um, yeah. I mean, how do we do that? I don't know. So, yeah, it was a a decent week for us. Decent week for us. We had some listeners get some green screens. We saw some tweets, some shout-outs. We appreciate that. That's awesome. And uh, we're ready to go at it for another week. And then, so, I think we need to get this out of the way. A lot of people asking, like, what's the schedule going forward? What are we doing? Obviously, the tour season ends with Eastlake at the Tour Championship. And then um, we've got the President's Cup coming, which... We may or may not have a podcast for that. Not sure. And then we've got like a two-week break, and the swing season starts like mid-October, I believe, with the Safeway from Napa. I think that's right. So that is correct. Obviously, we will have podcasts for each tournament of the swing season all the way up through the end of the year. Uh, in the in the in the weeks where there's not a tournament, we will likely have a podcast coming out with a guest interview. Um, or a strategy show. So continue to check the podcast feed, um, but you know what? Just subscribe and set your notifications so every time we give you a new episode, it'll pop up on your phone, and you'll be the first one. You'll know it's there. It'll be good stuff. Do it. Or just follow us on Twitter if you're follow not following. Follow us on Twitter at tour underscore junkies. Hey, remember back in the day when we were like first starting out, and the only thing that mattered that we pumped was Twitter? That was it. That's all, yeah. that all we pumped. We didn't have ads. Uh, which hey, listen, don't don't be pissed off at the ads people because the ads pay the bills. Okay, the ads keep yeah. me and P Perry doing this for forty eight weeks out of the year. Okay, because like we love this, it's a lot of fun. But there does come a point where your boy and your other boy don't really want to knock this thing out again another week and like do all this stuff. And so you know, it, it, it's like maybe in a thirty. In a thirty, 30 man field with no cut. Yeah. Um. So forty eight weeks. Good God Almighty, that's how many weeks we do this? Well, no, I'm not saying 48. Well, if you think about it's probably a little bit less than 48, but 52 weeks in a year, right? There is lit- probably No, it's probably close, though. From January to now, there is zero break. Like, there's not a break. So that's, that's nine months, basically, that there, is, that, that, that there is a podcast. And then when you count swing season and any other cash game strategy or fill-in stuff, there's probably four to Seven weeks of the year we don't actually do a show, and that's and it's been that way for almost two years now. But then we're working to have some good shows, even when we don't have a. That's a, exactly right. Yeah, I mean we don't listen. We we are no we are no big deal. Like we're not no laying up. We're not barstool. People are not banging down our door to get on our show. So we have to make this thing happen. We get tour pros on and caddies and all that stuff. It's because we network the fool out of stuff. Yeah, so we're working even when we're not on the mic. This is the easiest part, actually, is like actually talking about it. Oh yeah, this is you know, by far the easiest part. Not you know, it sounds like we're pissing and moaning here, Pat, but we're not. We're not. We're we're happy campers. We love what we do. We love TJ. We love the listeners. We love the the people who engage with us on Twitter. We love doing it. It's a lot of fun. We've enjoyed doing it this year yet again, and we're just gonna keep it going. But 
Well, I mean, you know, you got to be real here. I mean, the thing is, is that we're winding down the season. You know, we we want to give some good advice, obviously, but it's it's a thirty man. Let's just call it it. it you know, a spade a spade. I mean, it is what it is. It's thirty man field. When you get down to this point, you're kind of near the end of the season. You're just kind of, you know, now, now I don't want to say you're going through the motions because you're not. I mean, we're putting in all the effort we always do. But a break will be well-deserved, I believe. Yeah, a break will be well-deserved. Um, and and I do grow weary of the no-cut events, which we've had the yes. last the last couple, um, last few, actually. I, I've, I've grown a little weary of them. I'm just... It just feels like it's just such a crapshoot. The edge is gone, and it's just a little bit annoying. So, well, and we're in the midst of football season yeah, now. Football, we're yeah, here week yeah. two of the NFL, yeah. week three college football. Yeah, it's. Uh, by the way, I continue to just really suck at NFL DFS. Yeah, don't take our advice on NFL DFS. Well, um, we don't give any. Yeah, true, <laughs> so, true, 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 true. <laughs> if we ever do, just don't listen. Don't listen to us. Do the opposite. The, um, you know, the uh, the one the one thing I'll, I'll say is we're, we're more season long NFL guys. Like we're pretty good season long fantasy players. Now, oh yeah, I do no, have to I'm say not, for the record, hey, this... I do have to say for the record, in our sixteen man Legion of Boom, which is our sixteen man PPR league in Yahoo that we did very last minute. We drafted the night before the the first game where the Patriots play the Chiefs. 16-man big boy league with Stephen Bowditch, uh, John Peterson, Carl Paulson. Coach Esser is another kind of D-list celebrity on that uh, in that league. You and I, and then some listeners. We got a lot of listeners in that league that, that got in. Um, I, am, I am 2-0, and, oh, and I beat you week one. And I just put a smackdown on Stephen Bowditch week two. And I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Feeling pretty good about my team. That's, that's always good. But when yeah, you can, you two know. and is a good feeling. Um, well, I, uh, not so much for me. Yeah. It's not very good. I, I'm, I think I'm ranked 14 out of 16 after week one, and I'm going to lose this week. So it's probably, it's not going to be any better than 14. So, by the way, how many playoff teams are we taking? Uh, still only six playoff teams. Got to be in the top oh, six. Good lord. Yep. All right. Well, I'm done. That was a fun season. <laughs> All right. Hey, but you know this is a short field, obviously. So we don't have. A, we're not going to name every player in the field. Um, despite a lot of you people probably thinking that, we're not going to do that. But can can I? Can we have a little non golf content right now, real quick? Uh, hey. Would you would you would you allow that? Sure. I just got to get real for a minute. All the all you dads out there, all you parents out there, all you future dads, maybe. I have a thirteen year old son. Okay. And um, when 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 he turned like nine, my wife and I would say, "Man, he's weird." You know, like we would think. Nine-year-old boys are just weird, weird creatures, right? The 13-year-old version is really weird, okay? Makes the nine-year-old look like he could run for office, okay? The, the stuff that you talk about with a 13-year-old, it's just, it's, it's, it's very odd. 
Um, it's very strange. And right before this podcast tonight, I had a conversation with my wife and my 13 year old. It's just weird. You know, we're getting into that whole like girls thing where like mom is trying to get son to really open up about girls and about like how he feels about girls. And does he like any girls? And does he think any girls are cute? And do any girls think he's cute? And do you want to date? Do you know why you can't date? Because you don't have a car and you don't have a job. And like we're getting into that whole thing. And I can just, having been a former 13-year-old boy, I can tell when he is completely BSing his mother. You know? And now yeah. I can, I, I'm watching her and I'm like, you are, you're smarter at this age than my mom was when I was 13. And he's still pulling one over on you. Like, she doesn't get it. But, but the boy is into girls and is not, is, is just a, a, a closed door. Well, not, like, lips are locked. He's lying through his teeth. Okay? And for some reason, like, kid, you know, kids are just wired different, right? Like, I was nothing like that. My, my wife doesn't like to ask me how I was when I was younger when it comes to girls because I may, I may have been the exception. And she may have grown up in a, in a family with nothing but girls. And so she had no idea that boys like me existed until she married me. But, like, <laughs> I, I was digging chicks in, like, kindergarten, bro. I mean, I was picking up girls in kindergarten. And she, she asks me sometimes, like, you know, think back when you were his age and where were you with this? And what did you think about this? And was this happening? And what were you doing here? And I'm like, you know... I mean, I was, I was, I was French kissing chicks like long before this kid's even had this had the knew what it was. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm probably the wrong, I, wrong person I gotta to inter- ask. I got to interject here <laughs> because I, I, I'm feeling a moment here because you know your boy P actually is as much as you may not think it hasn't kissed a girl very, in like six months. No, was very similar. <laughs> At a young age. You I were. love girls from an early age. No, I, mean, I believe that. I just, believe that. Just killed it. Yeah. Was the first, and you could ask anybody in my in my grade school, the first to French kiss. Okay, how old were um, you? I was in third grade. Wow. Yeah, that that is that's a little that's a little better than your boy. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's quite young. In the playhouse in the in the backyard, I can remember it still to this day. Was it your playhouse? Cousin? No, it was a, it was a it was a classmate. Uh, I even remember her name. Do you really? What was her name? Call her Meredith. on the podcast. What was her last name? Meredith. I'm not going to say. She the last lives name. in Augusta, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the it's the biggest small town in the state of Georgia. Augusta is. Um. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean. I was kissing on girls. I was kissing on honeys starting in like kindergarten, but I wasn't. I wasn't doing the French kissing thing until like seventh grade. No, so I, I beat you there. Yeah, yeah, seventh grade. But you know, and we've had this conversation about my skating rink hoes and all that stuff. But like my 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 guy right now, my thirteen year old right now is just in that really awkward phase where he's figuring stuff out. And yeah, okay, I'll give you another example. I bet you didn't do this. Okay. And and my wife will kill me for telling this story, but this is real. I'm not trying to be disgusting. I'm just trying to be honest with with. I'm just trying to be honest as to who I was. So first of all, let me let me give you a little backstory. 
my sister, my oldest sister, no, my, my, my youngest sister was like 18. No. Yeah, she was like 14 when I was born. Okay. So I remember like being a five, six year old and my sister was a cheerleader. She was a homecoming queen and she was very social. So like I remember being five, six, seven and there always being people at the house, always being cheerleaders at the house. My sister was in beauty pageants all the time. So she was like a pageant girl. And like, so we were always, oh, yeah. I would be at home with my parents and like my mom and my sister would be watching beauty pageants on TV. So I would watch and like, I could tell at a young age, I was determining which ones were pretty and which ones weren't right. Which is, you know what? My wife is going to hate this. I, if, if you're listening, babe, I'm, I'm, I love you. I'm sorry. But this is just, <laughs> this was really me. This is DB. But one thing that I did that absolutely ab- my wife abhors that I did. I mean, absolutely hates that I did this. And I still have the proof today. And that is starting, I believe, the earliest yearbook that I have where I did this may have been kindergarten at a Christian school. But if it wasn't that, it was definitely first grade at a, at a, at a public school. I would draw breasts on the pretty girls' pictures in the yearbook. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. In, like, kindergarten. Yeah. Wait, like... I, okay, I can't. Like a circle I with a dot in the middle of it. <laughs> like, I wasn't some graphic artist. That It's just a very simple elementary. <laughs> but how did you just, like, w- did you size it up? Or did, was it just like, I'm just going to put no. a normal size press? Or, like, yeah, I don't think you, I, like, no, I don't think I had a, at that age, I don't think I really had a concept. Like, okay, these are huge. These are small. These are, I just, if they were pretty, I just drew it on there. Because I I, know, I just drew it on there, and then <laughs> and then some of the ugly ones I actually wrote on the picture ugly, or I drew like or I drew like devil horns, and I did this in Sharpie in my yearbook, okay, and I still have those yearbooks. If I if I can get them, if I can locate them and take a picture without my wife losing her mind, I will I will I will share that, but. Maybe I'll share that. Oh man, but, I really want you to tweet that out or something, but I don't know. You might get in trouble for yeah, that. Yeah, I might. Um, but you know, the the stuff that I was doing at the age I was doing it is well ahead of where my current 13-year-old is doing it. Now, I think my 7-year-old, who is my mini me, will be more on my speed, which is not a great thing necessarily, but uh, it's just it's parenting is tough, man. That's that's all I gotta say. It's just tough. Um, by the mm-hmm. way, speaking of speaking of um, of boobs, did you hear about um, Clay Travis? I did. I mean, yeah. Getting it is it's quite entertaining. It's quite polarizing that what he said. But basically, if you didn't catch it, he was on CNN being interviewed about the Jamel Hill ESPN stuff. And the reporter threw out the question to him. And he said that there are two things in life. What did he say? There are two things in life that have that have never done me wrong or something like that. Or how did he phrase it? Do you remember? Basically, like two things that I believe in. And that's the the First Amendment 
right. and boobs. And boobs. <laughs> and he, and he then, then he did say, like, those those would never let you down or something, something like that. But, um, <laughs> but the CNN anchor was just mortified and completely caught off guard in this live interview on national television. And she made him re-explain it. Like, say it again. And then she did it a third time at the end. She's like, I'm sorry, I just can't take in anything you said because I'm I'm wondering if you really said boobs or if you said booze, like B-O-O-Z-E. And he's like, no, no, boobs. <laughs> Which is a, uh, he's getting a lot of heat for. And I get it to some extent. Maybe shouldn't have but said it. But isn't he, there, there's something but there's I'm some, not. There's some refreshing truth to that. There, well, there is, and there's also something I haven't quite figured out in my mind that he's getting to, but I think it is basically when saying that, he's using the First Amendment to say that. Right, right? so he's kind of, yeah, I, I caught that too. Like, he's, he's saying something that he knows he can say just because he can say it, and it's... But it he's reinforcing yeah. the First Amendment is yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He, that could be something he does. Anyway, that just made me. I thought about that for some reason when I started thinking about my kindergarten yearbook illustrations. Yeah, if you, you, you folks listening, you got to go out and, and watch it if you haven't. Though it is pretty funny, and she just like totally is. Just, it, it is. It's pretty funny. It's pure normal CNN though for you. Not getting too <laughs> political, but it is. I mean. Yes. Um, you know what another new favorite pastime of mine is right now? Um, if you follow, this is, we're going to transition slightly to golf, just slightly. If you, if you are on Instagram, first of all, you should follow us on Instagram, at tour underscore junkies, okay? But if you're on Instagram, do you, does anyone follow Ben on? Like Ben Young, Ben Young on, whatever. The, the golfer, right? Uh, if, if not, it's at B-E-N-A-N-0917, okay? That's the Instagram handle. I think I follow him. I follow well, you follow him because Tour Junkies Mark. follows him. Yes, right. Yeah. We follow him. Yes. Oh, yeah, we follow well, him. So here's what's fun. You may, have not, you may have never done this, but he does a lot of his Instagramming in his native tongue, um, which I'm not sure. I, I, it's very ethnocentric of me and, and ignorant of me, but I don't really know how that works. I guess he has a keyboard that is in Korean. Is he Korean? No. What is he? Do you know? I don't know. I feel like... I, I can't remember what he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so he, he types it in that, but in, in Instagram, you have the ability to hit C translation underneath. And it's a little, it's a little like our Google voicemails that we get. It's, it's very broken, so it's fun to see what the actual picture video on Instagram is, and then getting the translation when it makes very little sense to what's actually in the picture. Like for example, yeah, he posted. By the way, it is South Korea. Just South Korea. Just okay, good. Be, Thanks for laying that up. Yeah. Uh, he posted a video. It looks like him and all his friends hanging out, and there's all these girls posing for a picture, drinking wine. And if you hit the translation, the cap- <laughs> I didn't even know that feature existed. Yeah, the caption oh literally God. says this. So again, you got the picture. All these girls are posing. It's a video though. Like they're posing for a picture. They're, they got their wine. They're very well dressed. They look like they're in a nice restaurant. And the caption says, "You're gonna be in the queue. 
It's almost the best thing I've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and then, like, one of the people commented in the South Korean language, and then when you translate that, it says, I've had it for you. LOL. Cute. So, somebody's got a little crush on... Somebody's got a little crush on Ben On. Um, Too bad he's taking Instagram pics and videos with a bunch of ladies. Well, So, is he like a ladies' man on... uh, Ben On could be a little... uh, he could be. He could be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put. Is a he like on. a? Is he like a, a David Barnett? Maybe. Maybe. Do you think he's drawing drawing boob pictures on? The... <laughs> there's a joke that I can oh. make that's inappropriate, but I'm not. There's another one of his. Uh, there's another one of his dinner, uh, his birthday dinner, and he says, "Thank you." The translation says, "Thank you for the first time we're celebrating my birthday," which is kind of sad. I mean, if that's the first time Ben On's birthday has ever been celebrated, that's really. That's really unfortunate. Um, What's the draw, by the way, on Instagramming and tweeting pictures of your dinners? Like, I mean, everybody's had a nice dinner every once in a while, or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But it's like that. That's I'd like the stats on the most Instagrammed themed picture or whatever, because I, I bet you dinners are up there. Food or whatever Food, yeah. you're drinking. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. It'd be up there. Uh, last one I'm going to give you. Last one I'm going to give you. It's that same party where all the girls are posing. He, he's at a. It's a big group picture of all of them. And the caption, when translated, says, Sijong, the super reunion. It's been a long time since I met my friends in a long time. But it's a fun night about a loop tower. So beautiful and food, too. Mm. <laughs> it's been a long time since I met my friends in a long time. Mila, you long time. That's what I kept thinking about. <laughs> All right, we, we're we're digressing here. We're digressing here. Uh, we do have we do have another piece of just pointless content that we have to get you uh, get into for the moment, and it is the new segment hashtag Piss Off Pat. We asked you guys to call in, leave some voicemails, in an attempt to piss off Pat. And we got a number of them, but listen, keep them coming because we're going to store these things up, and we need to we need to get these we need to get more of these things in the hopper. So one of these days, there's going to be a really yeah. just and the, fantastic one that is really truly going to piss me off, and I can't wait to go off. Yeah, but, and when it does, we're going to hook you up with some TJ swag if you can actually piss Pat off. Now, here's the thing. I want to warn a couple of you who have called in and left voicemails, and we really appreciate the effort, and the engagement is top-notch. We love it when you guys engage with the show and with the podcast and with us. That's our favorite thing. So whether you're retweeting or Instagramming or commenting or emailing us or leaving a voicemail, we appreciate all forms of engagement. However, we can tell when you're trying to piss Pat off and it's like you're being a little too – like you're you're a little too Timmy Tryhard right now. Like – you know, yeah, if you just call and bash Kisner for no other reason other than just to bash Kisner and you really don't have any great evidence to back it up, like we know what you're doing. Good effort. A for effort. Good idea. But, you know, Pat's got to feel Be the creative. sincerity behind it, right? And if you truly yeah. just don't like Kevin Kisner, like you need to bring the heat as to why. And there's got to be facts, okay? So if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, it's 706 6233 Two eight, okay. 
706-6233-4. Wait a minute. Yeah, 428. Okay? 706 uh, 706-6-addict. That's how you leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail. If you're not on the show... The next week, don't worry. You could get on the following week. So we have a we have a, a voicemail that I want to play for you now. And uh, Pat, you may recognize the voice on the other end. You may not, but um, we're going to give it a listen and see what you think about it. And uh, yeah, here we go. Hello, Patricia. This is Wine Diva with an update on your wine delivery. This is our second attempt to deliver a case of Skinny Girl Pinot Grigio to your residence. This package does require a signature. We were able to leave the box of cocktail umbrellas as they were shipped separately and do not require signature. Happy sipping. Thanks for your business. <laughs> I love that one. That's actually, I really like that one. So, um, Pat, did you, did you happen to recognize the voice on the, on the other end of the voicemail? I, I did. I did. Who, who might and, that be? Um, I'm pretty sure that was our buddy Moose, Moose Metzger's wife, right? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, we have a winner. That is Mrs. Moose, Mara Metzger. She is a trip. I love the voicemail. Hey, pa- hello, Patricia. I thought that was... That the, was the funny thing is, is that um, I have several friends whose wives call me Patricia, which mm. is funny that she said that. So, um, as a joke, they do the same thing. So... Um, but you know, it's hard for me. I can't get you know. Mara can't piss me off. That's the. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but she's great. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I think she's awesome. Moose is a lucky man, much like you and I are with our wives as well. So yep. Um, Better put that disclaimer in there, off. buddy. <laughs> the what? Better put that disclaimer in there. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Mara. Exactly. Mara is quite the life of the party. She is a lot of fun, and uh, um. Pat enjoys her company for sure, and but it was very funny. She is creative. She's clever. I love. This is our second attempt to deliver a case of Skinny Girl Pinot Grigio. Yeah, that <laughs> and then was, she said that we were very, we were able to leave the box of cocktail umbrellas. <laughs> yeah, very creative. Good she stuff. Is, I, I liked it. Yeah, that's that's so funny. Here's the let's, here's the lesson here though. Even though I knew who it was, like you said, she's creative. She's using stuff that I've said in the past or we've made fun of me in the past for, you know, with wine or, you know, whatever it is. So that's that's what you got to do. But come aggressive, you know, if you want to make me mad. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and she already has TJ swag, so we can't give her any more stuff. She's good. She's tapped out. No, she's got plenty of stuff. But that, that, was, a, that was pretty funny, very creative. You know, and any time we can get we can get Mara on the show, it's a it's probably going to be a good time. So, props to you, um, Mrs. Moose. We we greatly appreciate that. Um, by the way, we should give her we should give her a shout out on Twitter. If you don't follow her, she is at the Miss M R S Metzger M E T Z G E R. Also famous, very famous, very very famous for the Moose Call, which she performed. Twice during our PGA Championship Recap with Friends podcast. That if you did not listen to that, um, you're very underrated. Very show. underrated podcast. Yes, very chaotic. Uh, no real meaning <laughs> or value. Um, but but you should listen just for her moose call. It's very good. All right, and it's 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 near the beginning too. So well, it's not so, like yeah, the first one's near the beginning, and then she does another one at the end to sign off the show. So you could fast forward if yeah. you wanted to. 
Yeah. Um, all right, so that's pretty much all the useless stuff that we have to talk about, which is more than the useful stuff that we have to talk about. Um, so, Pat, let's get into Eastlake. It's the, it's, it's it. This is it. This is, this is, this is it. I will be at Eastlake on Saturday. So, I actually already know of a couple of listeners that are going to be out there. If you guys are going to be out there Saturday, look for me. I'll be there with my, uh, with my seven year old, with my mini me. You guys can meet him, Collins. He's a big TJ fan. And this will be his first ever PGA Tour event. He's pretty pumped. He's been to the drive, chip, and putt. The Masters a uh, few years, but this is the first time I'm going to let him see the big boys. Um, mainly because to let him see the big boys at the Masters, it would cost me $400, $500. Just to go on a Monday. So he will be out there with myself on Saturday. He'll be there all day. So come find us and uh, let's, get, let's get crunk. So, Pat, why don't you kick us off with the course breakdown of well-known Eastlake. Two hours from, from where I sit right now. Two hours. Yeah. Fantastic course, yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. and uh, I have actually had the opportunity to play it once. So, uh, which of I course. mentioned probably last year. I'm going to mention. I'm going to probably every year we do this course. I'm going to mention it. Right, right. That I've played there, but it is a it is a fantastic course. Um, in Atlanta, GA, East Lake Golf Club, playing as a par 70, 7,400 yards, which is you know pretty long for a par seventy. So you're only going to have two par fives, so there's not you know a, a ton of holes that these guys can take advantage of. It's a pretty difficult course. I mean, if you miss the fairways on this course, you are screwed. I mean, this rough is thick, Bermuda rough. You've got to keep it in the fairways, and, it, and it's not exactly easy to keep it in the fairways. So I think um, when you're looking at stats, I want to look at guys that are you know at least in the top half. I mean, we only got 30 guys, so you're you're going to have to you know sort of siphon through a lot of the stats but i think that um definitely fairways hit fairways gained um you know you got bermuda greens they usually run pretty quick um you know the course itself um, obviously we got no cut this week so i think strategy wise i don't know for me i'm looking at sort of studs and duds i think that's because you've got to have the winner there, you are not going to win a GPP or whatever else, which is mostly what I'm going to play this week, is just GPPs and just fire in some lineups and see what happens. I'm playing lighter this week. I'm not going to play. Just like last week, I'm not p- playing a ton of money. Um, you know, you got, you know, looking at the FedEx Cup standings, I think that's important. You got the top five guys, which are Jordan, JT, DJ, Leishman, and then Rom, and then Fowler's in that sixth spot. So the top five guys, if they win, they they win the whole thing. So there's no variability right there at all. But the after that, there is going to have to be some things that happen to uh, you know on the good side for them to win. And I think Fowler at sick in that sixth spot is is sort of interesting to me. But you know, other than that, I, I think it's just you got to pick guys that are that are hitting fairways that are playing good right now. If you look at the past FedEx Cup champions. They always seem to be kind of on that, you know, on a good run and good recent form. I mean, look at Billy Horschel back in 2014. Um, just sort of went on a good run in the in the in the playoffs. You got Spieth in 15, Rory last year, all the same. I mean, they were just playing fantastic at the end of the year. Um, so recent form, I think, is huge this week. And um, a little bit of course history though, because this is a this is a tough course. And uh, I think you'll see these guys, um, you know, play it similar how they have in the past. And so I'm, I'm not going to, you know, 
guys that don't have a really good course history here, if they're up near the top, especially in those FedEx Cup standings, I'm not really going to play those guys. So weather-wise, this week it's going to be pretty, you know, you get rain possibly Thursday and Friday. Other than that, though, winds aren't going to be a factor and should be a pretty nice over the weekend. So there you go. Well, very well done. I mean, I, I look at, I think I'm looking at this a little bit different than you are, maybe slightly. I, I think the studs and duds combo is what will be the most likely. And just like last week, again, you have to have ownership leverage for sure. So I don't know. I kind of think the mid tier is, is where you can get a little leverage if you're you know, bold enough to fade the top few guys, but I do. Um, I mean, I, I do like some of the guys at the top. Any, anyway, I'm still going to have some lineups there, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough. See, week. here's my thinking on that. Here's my thinking on that because, and again, <laughs> we got 30 guys. So, but it's just like I said earlier, you've got to have the winner. So why not try and get? Because I think the winner of this tournament is going to come out of those top, you know, 9K and above guys, probably 10K. So if you can get two guys in that 10K range and over, then then at least get those two guys and then hope that the bottom guys you you play hit. Other than that, I feel like that's why I feel like going mid-range is going to be chalk because there's so many guys that are so good in this mid-range. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that too. I, I don't know. This is it's whack. I mean, one one, you know, one lineup you're going to have twenty percent of the field in one lineup. Which yeah. I mean, if you equate that to a normal a normal week on tour, that would be a lineup of twenty eight people. So, you know, finding variability is tough. Which is again one reason why I agree with you. I'm lowering my my bankroll this week i mean i don't know i just i just don't have success at all with stuff like this so i will be gpp only i'm not even messing with cash and i'm just whatever i'm I'm gonna have some lineups for sure let's get started i mean i'm looking at i did look pretty heavily at in strokes gain total at east lake over the last five years i think that's important um so looking at guys who 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 in the last five years have played east lake a few times and are really gaining strokes on the field so your course history guys basically your course horses if you will mm-hmm. waiting DraftKings scoring very heavily for DraftKings stuff and then when i look back at the history if you look back at at the history and you look at where the guys that finished in the top 10 really excelled it is again a lot like the bmw last week heavy on strokes gained approach um now you did mention the fairways are a little tighter at east lake i agree uh bermuda rough in the fall down south is almost at times more difficult than it is in the spring and summer i mean in the spring and summer bermuda rough it'll be thicker a little more dense like sometimes the ball will sit on top of it in the fall it's it's less than that and so it'll like nestle so let me tell you, when I played out there, it was a week or maybe it was like two weeks after the tour championship. And if you were in the rough and they had it cut fairly similar to how they did in the tour championship, it it was not pretty. Now, they're getting it out better than I was. I mean, I'm not going to pretend here that I'm, you know, let's let's well, we all know that. But it's tough. It is not easy. And you're not getting good lies. You're not, it's not sitting up for you. 
So you got to hit fairways. I mean, you have to out here. All right, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm waiting. I looked at the last 8, 12, and 24 rounds. I'm, I'm going very recent here for these, for these top 30 guys. I mean, everybody in this field has played well this year. Everybody in this field, uh, for the most part, you're looking at a lot of guys on tour that have won a PGA Tour event. I mean, I can't, I, I'm trying to find somebody. I guess Patrick Cantlay hasn't yet, but definitely will. Um, I mean, other than that, you look at it, everybody everybody in the field has won on tour before. So uh, you got a good field. I'm just, I'm keying in on a couple of those stats, and then it's all about ownership when it comes to DraftKings. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you kick us off in the, since you're going to be studs and duds, who's your, who are your studs? Well, and, and let me preface this with, I'm taking a lot of guys that are, I'm thinking of more from a GPP standpoint. So, and and now one of these guys I think could be a little more chalky, but I'm all in on DJ and Ricky Fowler this week. Those are my only two plays above 10K. And I will probably put them in some lineups together, as I mentioned, the, the studs and duds deal. I think I'm going to play both those guys together. Uh, DJ, for me, I mean, he's never finished outside the top 10 in this uh, in this tournament. Um, you know, another thing I looked at was proximity, more of a greens and regulation, but where they, you know, where they're hitting it on those greens and regulations. So I, I like DJ Fowler to me. His recent form's incredible. Strokes gained around the green. I mean, scrambling is going to be key here. That's one of the top things you're going to have to look at. And um, putting is good. And then you know he's eighth in the field in fairways gained. So I think. I'm just I'm zeroing in on those two guys, Fowler and DJ. That's it. I like Fowler. I think he's got the all-around game to win. I've been on in the last few weeks. I'm actually going to lean strictly on one player in this uh, five-digit category, and that's DJ. I I don't know. I, I think DJ could go lower owned than the top three. Um. I don't know about day. I mean, DJ was was only around twelve percent owned across most did, DraftKings contests last week. He was, and I think you're going to see similar this week. Which I think, speed which I would is be happy about. Be, yeah, yeah, um, I would too. I mean, he finished tied for thirty third, which probably left a lot of people irritated uh, with with DJ's performance last week. But it's really just an ownership edge for me. I hope he finds it. I hope he, you know, I, th- I think he wants that ten mil um and first time fedex cup champion he would be if he did it i think ricky's just as hungry so um i like that ricky i agree play. I, just think I think it's there's a, a little bit of a thing. i think like you said there's an ownership thing and there's a little bit of just this competition between these guys like speed fowler jt you know that that whole group i mean they all want to kind of one-up each other i like fowler to come in and, and sort of take it sort of steal the show so that's that's why I'm I'm all about him. All right. So for the most part, agreement there. I mean, we we uh, I'm just going to go all in on one guy in that top tier. Day I day popped for me. I mean, he checked both my stat category boxes. Um, he's he's done well at at Eastlake. By the way, DJ has gained 17 strokes on the field um, at Eastlake in the last five years, which is second to only one other player who I bet we'll both mention here in just a minute. Um, but Day, Day's played well here too. I, I don't, I, great to see him play well last week after parting ways with Colin Swatton as far as being a caddy. Um, but you know, they also talked about his like his back tightening up again and all this other little stuff. I, I think I just rather I'm going to go all in on DJ and that's that's my guy. So 
anybody yeah. out of Thomas, Rom, or Hideki for you? No, I mean. Okay, so just full out fade I, there. Yeah, just full. I think if you're if you're wanting to, you know, we talked about you know betting a little bit earlier. I mean, I think if you're wanting to bet, um, you may look at a guy like Hideki. I think his odds are decent. Um, he's around eighteen to twenty to one or so. But other than that, I mean these these pri- this pricing this week really lines up like almost exactly with the betting odds. Yeah, so. there's there's not a whole lot of outliers there. I mean, I will say eighteen to one at Hideki stood out to me too. I mean, his recent form in the last couple of weeks has not been good. But if you just said you can get Hideki eighteen to one at East Lake, you know, five six weeks ago, you probably would have jumped on that. I mean, he he probably would have been in the single digits, Reese Lake. So not a not a terrible number it seems. I don't bet guys that are that that are you know I don't I like longer odds so because um, I don't bet as much so I won't be betting him but and I'm actually in full agreement with you I don't have anybody in the nine k range I, I'm going to be pulling for John Rom just heart and soul is going to be pulling for John Rom and uh, our boy Adam Hayes on the bag but I, I don't think I'll have a lot of him in DFS just for just because I got I got to trim up my guys a little bit. Uh, in the eight, yeah, in the 8K range, I got two guys that I like, um, and they're probably both going to be quite chalky. The first one is the guy who has gained more strokes at East Lake in the last five years than any other player in this field. He's gained 28 strokes. Second place in this field is DJ, who's gained 17. Uh, and that's Justin Rose, who who played well last week as well at 8,900. Loving some Justin Rose at that price, and then um, at eighty four hundred, you know, I got a back Leishman. I mean, I think he's probably inspired after that win, hadn't won in a little while, and to have vaulted all the way up to fourth in the FedEx Cup standings and have a shot to win ten mil. He checks the the boxes for me in scoring and strokes gained approach. Uh, I, I like him, so I, I think I would keep riding the hot hand there with Leishman. So Rose and Leishman are my guys. No, I'm I'm totally with you on Rose. I mean, I think you know he's never finished worse than sixth in this in this uh, tournament. So there's something to be said for that. He's got two second place finishes, and this is only out of like I think four or five times playing. Um, so Rose to me is is my top guy there. Another guy that we faded, I think, a little bit last week was Paul Casey at 8600. But I, I'm I'm back on him this week. I, I think this is you know he's he's played here twice. He had fourth last year. He was T five in 2015. Uh, he's obviously been checking a ton of boxes as far as the the stats are concerned and playing really well. You know, I mean, he was I guess last week didn't have a, a great week. We faded him on on the good week. You know, he's T thirty three last week. But before that, you know, T4, fifth place at the Northern Trust, uh, 13th at the PGA. So I think that I'm going to be back on Paul Casey this week at 8,600. And and I'm going to be kind of banking a little bit on the fact that maybe there's going to be some people that just sort of sour to him just, you know, with the short memory and not finishing great last week. So. I do think I'm going to play some Paul Casey at 8,600. Yeah, maybe, other than that, maybe a little bit it. of that. I mean, he was 28% owned on average last week in DraftKings and with the T33 finish coming after the really strong finishes before that. I could see a little bit of that, so uh, don't, don't mind the play. Uh, in the 7K range, 
Um, I got two guys. I'm going to be pretty heavy on Kevin Chappell at 7,600. I really like Chapp. He checks the box in scoring. Uh, also a pretty good iron player when he gets it going. I I just I feel like the value is I feel like the value is good for old Chappie. Now he is twenty-five to one. I'm sorry, twenty-eight to one on my bookie. And I kinda I kinda don't mind that number. I mean, and we're gonna start getting into this range where uh, I'm going to make this statement, and it applies to basically everyone below Chapel, and that is like remember Bill Haas and Billy Horschel won the Tour Championship before, so, it, and I think I think the year that Haas won it, he was ranked like I think he was in the 25th spot out of 30. So, you know, I mean, I, we have had a lot of chalk hit lately, which is which is expected in in events like this. You've had a lot of chalk, but it has happened at East Lake before, where you know the the absolute monsters of the game don't win and i think kevin chapel is a scorer he's confident he's had a great season he's won on tour he's competed in majors and i like his odds at at 28 to 1 um one of the other things i looked at is like you know there's all these mathematical scenarios of what has to happen for some of these guys to actually win the fedex cup as well and when you get into like the, the the chapel range, he has to have like Jordan Spieth finish tied for twelfth or worse, and then ha- and then have like everybody from second to sixth in the FedEx Cup finish fifth or worse. Which you know odds aren't great, but that's possible. Like you start to get doable at that point. Um. So in other words, like I just feel like there's a part in the back of a guy like Chapel's mind that going into a week like this that says, I can do this, and if I win, which is what I, all I can control, I have a real chance at winning the whole thing. Um, so Chapel, I'm, I'm a big fan of at 7,600. And then finally, in the $7,000 range, Charlie Hoffman, his buddy, um, at 7,300. Charlie checking the box and strokes gained approach. Always good for you know some birdies. Always good to show up in big fields with big names, especially like we've seen in majors. Possibly a good first round leader bet, depending on the odds there. Uh, but he's around fifty to one on uh, on my bookie. So uh, I, I don't and and he needs speed to finish like T seventh or T eighth or worse, which is again very doable. So those are my only two guys in the seven k. Wow, you know what's interesting is like you, we always talk about how we never talk our picks before we record the show, and uh, my two guys right there were Chapel and Hoffman, which is boom. I mean, I, I think, and for all the reasons you said, I mean, Chapel. Yeah, for me, Chapel just where he, you know, he's right there with Kucher, right around him, Patrick Reed. You know, Garcia's up there in the top of the seven K range. Kucher and Cantlay are gonna eat up a lot of a lot of Yeah, they're eating I, I just feel like I mean, he's maybe. he's a guy right there. If you're playing GPPs, go chapel. Yeah. I mean he's gonna be you know, checks the box on, you know, approach around the green. Um you know, his recent form's good. Of course history is great here. So I don't see I mean, to me he's the guy. He's the play. But um and I'm totally with you on Hoffman. 
That was that was weird. I was like I was expecting you to say Chapel, but not Hoffman. I was a little surprised that you went Hoffman there. So has Chapel played here? I don't think Chapel's played here before. Yeah, he has. Huh. Um maybe not. Yeah. He played last year. He was second. Oh, I didn't look at guy I didn't look at guys who only played once in the last five years. When it came to like the strokes gain number, I didn't really look at only guys who played once. So. Yeah, sorry. He has played okay. here once and it was yeah. a, a so second there you go. place finish. Um I, I like that. So that's that's everybody in the seven K, huh? That's all I got. I mean if obviously if you're doing multiple lineups, like we're gonna have a couple like a sprinkle or so of some of these other guys we tried to narrow it down yeah. a lot tonight just because they're 30 there's guys. 30 guys and you guys would be we could name every single we, one of yeah them. if we each named a bunch of, y'all be killing us all right so why don't you round us out in the 6k who you got you, you're you're saying you're going studs and duds so who are your duds all right so i got three in here that i really like one all right so right at the top daniel berger at 6900 i think you just i mean that's just a ridiculous price for him Checks the box on approach around the green. He's putting well. Um, so I do like Berger. Also, proximity, which is another stat I mentioned. Uh, here's my sneaky play. Brian Harmon. I mean, Brian Ooh. Harmon is a guy that, that, that could just... He's a, he's a, he's a hit-or-miss guy. He's, he's going to pop or he's not. But, you know... He checks the box on fairways gain. The guy hits fairways. You, you're not going to have to worry about that. He's a great scrambler, which you you have to be on these greens. Putting well. Also checks the box on proximity. So 6,300 right at the bottom there. I think Brian Harmon is a good play. And we've seen him play good in majors, which this is not a major. But it is a tournament where you've got to, um, you know, you got to play it like a major. I mean, he's, he's probably not winning the 10 mil. But I do like Brian Harmon, Georgia guy. Um... And that's not why I like him. I just think this this is just a, a good course that he's he's going to be familiar with and knows it well. So I like Brian Harmon. And then Duff, another guy, another you know Auburn grad, Southern guy, barely made it in. I think he was the wasn't he number thirty? He was. He was number thirty. Um, but playing pretty well. I mean, I think you know Duff is. Uh, this is a course that I think he can play well on. I mean, you've seen him play well in Atlanta before at Atlanta Athletic Club where he won the PGA Championship. Or wait. Was that? No, that was not Atlanta Athletic Club. That was uh, Keegan that won that year in the playoff, right? Yeah, but I don't think Keegan won at Atlanta Athletic Club, did he? I can't remember. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. I do like Duff this week. Um, he's played this this course three times as far as in tournament tournament conditions. T eighth last year, T ninth in two thousand thirteen, and T twenty in two thousand twelve. So I just I think Duff is a good play at sixty five hundred. I mean, he's a bottom level guy that is just is just very solid, playing well right now. So there you go. Those are my two, or well, I guess three guys right there that I like: Berger, Harmon, and Jason Duffner. All right, well, I'm going to do it because you didn't, and that's Kisner. It's 6,700. Listen, uh, I know. I can't do it. He, he sucks on this course. I, yeah, I know. He has terrible course history. He has terrible form lately. I get it. I get it. But he was also completely off everyone's radar going into the PGA Championship and almost won the thing. 
except for a late, uh, you know, late issues on Saturday night, and then just not playing well Sunday. I, I just there's something about it. It's it's a gut call, if you will. And I know he's our boy and all this kind it of stuff. It has to be because he's he's played twice in the and tour he's championship. Not played well, and, I know, I know. And he's literally almost finished last. I know, I know, I know, I know. I just it's it's a I told you it's a GPP ownership week. If it's DraftKings, it is what it is. Um, he's also he's also a hundred to one on my bookie, which a hundred to one on Kiz. I don't really care what his course history is. A hundred to one on Kisner in a thirty man field. You're telling me? I mean, I I I don't really know. I'm not like the I'm not like the most genius like sports better. But I mean, is that basically saying that? If they played this event a hundred times, he'd win it once. Is that is that is that basically saying that? I, I don't know, but if it is, I think that's ludicrous. I think Kiz is a gamer, and and he's just a gamer. And if you don't think he's going to show up for ten mil, he he is. Um, in his scenario, he would need Jordan Spieth to finish tied for eleventh or worse, and then the the second through the sixth place guys finish T fifth or worse. So I mean, it's doable, but. I don't know. It's just a gut feel. I, I just couldn't overlook it. You know, I, I don't know. But 100 to 1 on my bookie, and I'll, I'll play him in DraftKings just because the ownership's going to be low. He's pissed off so many people. So many people. In the last few weeks, just because he's been bad. So that's, that's that one. I got two more. The, the other one's Gary Woodland at 6,400. Gary played pretty well this past week. He's actually 55 to 1 at my bookie and checks the box and strokes gained approach. Um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of like I kind of like, uh, like old Gear Bear, little, little Gear Bear, and then the lower owned guy was a guy you were on last week. Shout out! I think he finished tied for twelfth. That's Pat Perez. Pat Perez playing mm-hmm. with some confidence right now. I think he's probably excited to be here. He you know doesn't get to East Lake very often, if ever. I think so. Um, I don't mind Perez at sixty four hundred. He is. He's another one kind of on my radar. So that's it for me. So to recap mine, I'm going DJ, Rose, Leishman, Chapel, Hoffman, Kisner, Woodland, and Perez. Those are my, my main boys. So, yeah. All right. Anything else to add on that? You got any other comments there? Uh, I don't. I'm just. All done. I'm done. Hey, I'm done for the season. This PGA Tour season is in the books, but I have a feeling we will be back next week. We will be back with possibly an interview. We're working on some stuff. It's I think we're gonna have a, a great, stuff fantastic going, interview. Stuff's going down. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't tease that too much because you're speaking in faith right now. We don't have anything locked up, so just no, no. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, it may not be next week, but it could, it's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know it's coming. Of course, of course. Uh, listen, everybody, we really appreciate you guys supporting us all year. Um, it's been awesome, and we have like three weeks to rest, and it's going to start back up again. You know what, though? We got a new fresh batch of web.com guys coming over that we can look at. Some of them we've we've seen before. Some of them have been on tour before. Some of them haven't. So we'll get to kind of like break down who's, you know, this year's Wesley Bryan or, you know, Brandon Hagee. Special congrats to... We gotta we gotta throw a, a congrats out to Chess and Hadley. He's Chesson, come on the show yeah, and yeah. 
just won for the second time this year. He's he is uh, yeah. on fire heading into the season. One of the guys I would definitely look at in this fall. Swing. Yeah, great dude too, man. Such a great guy. Yeah, good interview. Awesome. If you have not listened to that, you got to go back in the archives a little bit. But that was a good interview he did with us. He had, he'd fresh off of the Bojangles biscuit line when he when he called when he called us. So, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, about you guys got you guys got to caught that if you haven't seen it already. All right, listen. Uh, this thirty man field podcast has gone on long enough. We have we have got to go, but we do wish you the best. Green screens all around. If you head over to my bookie, hope you uh, get some cash, get some of that Quan. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> Don't forget to call into the hotline and try to piss off Pat. Shout out to Miss Moose, Miss Metzger for doing that. I apologize to my parents and my wife for drawing the vulgar pictures in my kindergarten and first grade yearbook. If I can round those up, I'll see about sharing that. Probably not, though, because my wife would probably hurt me. Um, And if you have a 13-year-old boy at home, message me. We'll get in a support group together. Maybe we can work some stuff out. Dads, dads versus dads kind of thing. All right, I'll be at Eastlake Saturday. Ladies, gentlemen, enjoy your week. Enjoy the Tour Championship. Last event of the season. See ya! Out! Yo, everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Go, Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 